I did total obedience because I have learned that Yahweh can be trusted. That if he says it, I can do it unequivocally. I can do it immediately. I can do it completely because Yahweh will perform his work. So I believed it. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad that you're with us as today we continue a unique message from Pastor Ford. We're actually taking a look at the life of Abraham. We've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and studying the characters that are addressed there in the, the Hall of Faith. And Abraham is one that makes an appearance early on in that chapter. Pastor Ford has gone back and he's delivering this message with a first-person account, telling the story of Abraham in what might be Abraham's voice. And so I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews 11 as we continue the message from Abraham. He's a giving God. He gave his purity for our sinfulness, clothed us in his righteousness. He gave his body to a tomb and was there for three days. But And he gave his spirit to God who sent it. And then finally, he got up on Sunday and he gave us eternal life because of his shed blood. He's a giving God. But not only did I have to ask myself the question, do I love my God more than the pagans love their God? But secondly, he was testing me, because the word test, when God says he tests me, it wasn't to prove anything to him. It was to validate to me if I had the kind of faith I think I have. There are many believers who talk faith big but don't walk faith be. And God wanted to see if my walk match my talk. Sometimes you only know that when you test it. And so he says, you waited 30 years for Isaac. Now give him to me. I thought, oh, this is so very difficult because I love him. I love him more than life itself. I've prayed for him. Now you've finally given him to me. Now you want him back? And I thought, isn't it amazing that sometimes God will give you what you ask for to see if you love him enough to give it back to him? Wow. Third thing he wanted me to test my faith on. Will you obey me when you don't like what I tell you? Oh, that's a hard one. Because if I must be honest, even in the oral tradition, there are things that I wish I could leave out. There are things that Yahweh tells me that I don't like. But yet, will I do what I don't want to do just because God told me to do it? And then the fourth thing I think he was trying to test me on was this. And this is the big one that your Hebrews talks about. Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. What's the vehicle? What's the means, Yahweh, that this will happen? Isaac, wait a minute. Isaac is going to be the one that sees the ultimate fulfillment of the promise you gave me, and now you want me to sacrifice him? Duh, I don't get it. 
You mean to tell me you're asking me to sacrifice the means or the vehicle by which the promise is fulfilled? You mean to tell me you gave me a job so that you could provide for me and now you want to take the job? You mean you've given me health so that I would have your peace and now you're taking my health? You mean you gave me a place to stay so I would have shelter like you promised, now you're taking it away? You mean you do that? Yes. I want to see if you trust me. So let me tell you my story. I was minding my own business. I had just made a covenant with Abimelech. And right after I made the covenant with him, Yahweh appeared to me. I think I read in your Bible, it says, and it came to pass. Let me tell you what that means. Oh, it is not good. It means everything can be going well. You're just going about your daily business. Nothing had happened, and all of a sudden, whoop, there it is. God interjects, and it's seen as a normal occurrence in life, that it's nothing unusual for this to happen. And so he comes to me, and he says to me, Abraham. And I said, behold, here am I. Now, when he called my name, he called it like he didn't know where I was, but then I realized he knows where I am, so I understood when I said, here am I, I was opening myself up to say, I will fulfill your purpose despite what I got to go through to show you that I love you. He said, take your son, your only son. Then I thought to myself, that's strange. Now, God knows I have two. God knows I had Ishmael before I had Isaac. I had him at 86. Uh, so he knows that. He knows that Ishmael is 14 years older than Isaac. Why would he call Isaac my only son? Because he's the only one that he promised me. And so Ishmael is a product of the flesh. And even though God blessed him as a person, he does not bless the works of the flesh. And so he does not even recognize. He says, he's your only son, the only one that I promised you. Well. I thought, oh, okay, uh, I, I take my only begotten son, and, and I take him up 50 miles up to Mount Moriah, and so I called two of my servants to go with me. And, and as we were traveling, I told them when we reached the place where I could see the mount, I said to them, listen, Isaac and I, now you need to understand that Isaac is about 40, I'm about 140, so he's a grown man. And uh, so he's still virile enough uh, that he doesn't have to submit to what I'm about to say. And so I told them, I said, listen, Isaac and I are going to go up on Mount Moriah. And remember, uh, Mount Moriah is the place later on I read where the temple was built. Isn't that apropos to offer up a first sacrifice on Mount Moriah where the Lamb of God will be sacrificed? Mm. Well, I told them, we're going in worship, and we're going to come back. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I thought you were sacrificing. No, I understand there's no such thing as a sacrifice when you give something to God. It's all an act of worship. And so, I told them, we'll be back. We'll be back. 
Now I know what you're thinking. How could you tell them you're going to come back when you're going to offer Isaac? You should be coming back by yourself. You should have said, I will come back. Let me tell you how God has developed my faith. Because I know that God cannot lie, that God cannot try, that God cannot die, that God cannot deny himself. So he made me a promise. And his promise was that through Isaac, I would have all of this seed. So if he's asking me to sacrifice Isaac, he must going to raise him up again. He has to, to fulfill that promise. So I don't mind obeying him. And I obeyed him very quickly. And not like in the first where I did it partially. I did total obedience because I have learned that Yahweh can be trusted. I have learned I can place all my faith in him. That if he says it, I can do it unequivocally. I can do it immediately. I can do it completely because Yahweh will perform his work. So I believed it. As a matter of fact, you read your literature, I already saw him as dead. Already saw him as dead and raised in a newness of life. We're listening to Treasure Truth, a unique broadcast today as Pastor Ford is telling the story of Abraham in that first person account and really talking about Isaac there. We're going to continue this story in just a moment. Want to let you know that if you missed uh, yesterday's broadcast, the first part of the story, or any of the previous broadcasts in this series from Hebrews 11, you can come to our website and you can listen to each and every program there. You can stream programs through your computer, you can download MP3s, you can order copies on CD, or even sign up to begin podcasting the program. Our website address is treasuretruthradio.org. Not only will you find this uh, recent series on Hebrews 11, but you can go back and listen to previous series as well, like the ABCs of Prayer, our series entitled Takers, Before You Say I Do, and After You Say I Do. There's that and a lot more when you go check out our website. Again, it's treasuretruthradio.org. Well, we continue this message today. It's a message from Abraham. Once again, here's Pastor Ford as Abraham. And so we're on our way up to the mountain, I have the, everything necessary. Isaac looks at me and he says, Father, I see the wood. I see everything for the sacrifice. Where is the burnt offering? Ah. Oh. Now, I know you're not literal Hebrews, you're spiritual Hebrews. But a burnt offering is a love offering where the sacrifice is totally consumed for God. A love offering is a volunteer offering where you say, I want to show you how much I love you. Ain't your tithe. It's an offering. And it's so significant that God says, I, I, want, I want this offering. And Isaac says, where is the lamb for the offering? And this is what I said to him. I said, God will provide for himself an offering. For himself an offering. Because I wanted Isaac to know that as we go up, that this sacrifice of worship was not for us. It was to satisfy a holy God. And only God can provide 
a sacrifice that satisfies God. That's why it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. Uh, he did it with my great, 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 great father, Adam. He took away uh, the animal skins, which represent his own effort to attain righteousness and cover his sins, and he covered us with the coat of an animal. So, I said, God will provide himself a lamb. We come to the place of the altar. I said, Isaac, he said, Father, you are God's provision. He told me to bring you up here to sacrifice you. I thought, he's going to give me some trouble. But he just laid down on the altar. I said, that's a good son. It meant he had been listening to me as I passed down Yahweh's word. It meant that he knew that I was telling the truth about my journey and how God did everything before he was ever brought into existence. It means I had done what I was supposed to do. I had passed down the baton of faith to my children. And now my children were able to stand on their faith not on my faith. It meant that they came to church because they wanted to come to church, not because I made them come to church. It meant that they gave up their own money in the offering instead of asking me for a dollar to put in the plate. And then I grabbed the sacrificial knife. Now you need to know how we sacrifice to Yahweh. We would tie the animal on the horns of the altar, two feet here, two feet there. The animal is spread-eagled. Then we would take the ceremonial sacrificial knife, plunge it through the throat, all the way through, and bring the sacrificial knife down through the yearling, down through that lamb without blemish, without spot, splitting it in half, spilling the blood all over the altar. I was ready to do it to Isaac. I raised my hand, and then I heard a voice from heaven, Abraham, don't do it. But God, you asked me to do the unthinkable, and I'm willing to do it. I believe that you will raise him from the dead. Yeah. You don't have to. I don't want human sacrifice. I want human obedience. I want human obedience even when you don't like it. I want human obedience even when, when you don't understand it. And you've demonstrated that. And so now look, Abraham, and I looked, and there was a ram in the bush. And I was wondering, because we had come up that mountain, it took us almost three hours to get there, and, and we looked around to make sure we had our privacy. And uh, I didn't see a ram in the bush. And Yahweh said to me, Abraham, you're thinking, why didn't you see the ram? Let me tell you why. I've already placed what you need where you need it. I've prepared everything before you ahead of time. But you need to understand, I will not open your eyes to see that provision until you raise your hand in obedience to what I tell you to do. As long as you refuse to obey, you will never see what I have for you. But as soon as you raise your hand, and I saw the ram, I got Isaac up and I dusted him off. And Isaac said, Phew. And uh, I put the ram 
because it had been caught in the thickets. And then it dawned on me. Praise Yahweh, because he gave me a picture, a picture of the coming one. You call him the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything dawned on me. Now, I was reading your Bible. You could check this out. Your pastor asked me to tell you because he said you're like Bible believers and your middle name is Bible. So he said, tell them to look in John chapter 8, verse 56, where it was talking about me. I read it about me. I read words about me. God wrote about me. And it said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. Did you know your pastor knows Greek and Hebrew? And he told me that word saw there, Abraham. You know what it means? I said, yes, I know what it means. I can tell you what it means. I'm Hebrew. He said, well, what does it mean? It means to see something completely. And then he said, oh, I forgot who you were. You tell me. And I told him back there on Mount Moriah, that's when I saw his day. That's when I, I was the first, no one had ever been raised from the dead. I was the first one to believe in resurrection. And because I took a pioneering step of faith, remember now, I'm the first one. And remember, this is not the first time Isaac was dead. Because he was burst out of a womb that was dead. And so because of that, I already knew that God was able to bring life from a dead thing. So I figured, well, if he can make a woman whose womb is dead bring forth life, then he could take that same one and bring him back to life. And so I've always had a pioneering faith. I've always trusted Yahweh when I didn't have examples set before me. Do you always have to have somebody go with you to go where God wants you to go? You always have to have somebody doing it to be what God wants you to be. You always got to see that it's been done before, before you'll step out in faith to do what God has called you to do. Well, lest I be like your pastor, because I heard he keeps you here till 1 o'clock, 1.15, I'm, I'm getting ready to, what's this phrase? Shut it down. But let me tell you about what I saw. I saw that God was using me and Isaac as a picture of that day when Jesus would come. So then he sends us to the same place where Calvary sits. And he, I had two servants and, and Jesus had two thieves. One on his left and one on his right. And, and the one on the left, uh, he was dying in his sin. And, and, and the one on his right, uh, he, he was dying to his sin. And the one in the middle was dying for everybody's sin. And so I left them and he and I went just like God the Father and God the Son are the only ones who deal with, what's his word, justification. That God now says, you are my lamb to satisfy me, 1 John 2, 2. You're my satisfaction first because sin and salvation is about me. I'm providing for myself a lamb. And it's going to be a love offering to the world because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
And so the wood represents the cross, and you go up on the mountain uh, like a hill called Calvary, where the temple sat, where all of the lambs were a prefigurement of the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And then you saw that ram in a thicket. Yes, he died and had his sins placed on us at Calvary, but the thorns and the thickets represent the curse of sin because God cursed the ground for their sake. And now it yielded thorns and thistles and weeds like it never did uh, before sin. And God helped me to realize that when they placed that crown of thorns on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was to deal with the curse of sin. Just like he had dealt with the penalty of sin on the cross, but we still have the curse of sin. And he dealt with all of that. And God showed me that he was the ram. So I came up with a word. I'm the first one to use it. I know you're not surprised. Jehovah Jireh. It literally means the God who sees before. I came to tell you today, if you are a child of Abraham, your whole book of Romans, especially chapter 4 says, if you do what I did, you will get what I got. And what I got was a picture of the one who came to save you, and you, and you, and all of you. And I want you to know that I have found that if your faith is going to grow, it needs to start going to the unknowable, believing the unbelievable, and doing the unthinkable. You know, if your relationship with God feels kind of stagnant right now, maybe it's time to take a risk to step out in faith for the sake of the gospel. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. as he tells the story of Abraham in that first person account. And if you want a complete look at this study, you can look for the message from Abraham when you go to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, we're spending a lot of time in the Old Testament in this series, and hopefully you're discovering that the Bible doesn't have to be intimidating. God reveals himself on every page. We just have to take the time to look. Well, we'd like you to have a copy of a book that can help you make sense of the Bible on your own, and not just gain head knowledge either, but to connect with God through his word. The book is called Making Sense of the Bible, and its author is the founder of the Daily Bible Verse website, David Whitehead. Now, this book is designed to give you more tools to understand even the most difficult parts of God's Word. And it even includes a reading plan that will take you through the Bible in a year. So ask for a copy of Making Sense of the Bible when you give a gift of any amount to Moody Radio. Just call 888-644-7660, go online to treasuretruthradio.org, or if you prefer to write, you can include a note along with a check. We enjoy hearing from you. Our address is Treasure Truth Radio. 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. You know, we're dedicated to providing the kind of straightforward and practical Bible teaching that you've come to appreciate. So I do hope you'll stand with us. 888-644-7660 is the number to call, or again, online, treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow 
to find out why Pastor Ford thinks that you should leap before you look. That's on the next Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.